don't be afraid to change. I had many changes in my career and I believe that each one of them teaches me important things and makes me a more complete professional. Hi guys, my name is Marcel Grimm and I'm here today with Tamara Schmidt. We talk about her life, how he came into the blockchain space and let's start right away. What's your catchphrase, Tamara? Okay, so I'd say be surrounded by people better than you. Hmm. Uh, so you can learn a lot uh, during your journey. Hmm. How did you come to this catchphrase or what kind of experience maybe have you come uh, that you say, okay, that's maybe yeah. The most so during my career, um, I try to you know learn a lot um, during my experiences, different experiences, um, university, but also in the uh, professional side. Um, and I think that I uh, I try to uh, get the most of my relationships um, and be surrounded by. Uh, people that are better than you yeah it's a great strategy yeah mm -hmm. i agree uh, let's start with your childhood where have you been growing up so i'm from brazil sao paulo um and i'd say that i was a nerd a child <laughs> to be honest um so i used to you know watching um scientific slash educational uh, television programs uh, like uh, Big Man's World. Mm -hmm. um, I used to collect things that I, at that moment I thought um, was related with uh, science, uh, like, you know, shampoo labels uh, with a lot of different names and um, search them on the dictionary or mix uh, different things, you know, to, to find uh, maybe an amazing discovery. Um, I was born in 1984, uh, so no mobiles, uh, no computers, at least for uh, personal use, um, no YouTube. <laughs> so it was a, a very different um, context and my relationship with the, the science um, was different that we know uh, it today. Mm. Yeah. And those times, uh, did nature play a big role for you as well? Nature? Nature, like if I think about Brazil, of course, I think about nature as well, not only the cities. Uh, did you have some experience with that or was nature not so important for you? Yeah, it was important. Um, I was really uh, curious, you know, about uh, the universe, about hmm. some uh, things. Um, related with science. Um, and uh, as I grew up, uh, I still interested in exact sciences in school and high school. Um, it's still interesting in the universe and complex things mm. uh, that I decided to be a physicist. Um, and I started my bachelor's degree in uh, 2004. Mm. Yeah. 
So if you speak about your childhood in Brazil, what would we you say are the difference to Germany? So that we understand maybe a typical childhood in, in Brazil, maybe a little bit better. Are there any differences? Um, I don't know. Uh, so I'm from a uh, poor family, uh, not special. Uh, so I, I went to the school, but I also have some time to, you know, to play and um, be involved with um, some uh, different subjects like, like science mm. at that time. Uh, but I think it's, yeah, it's quite similar, I'd say. Hmm. And now, then you started, of course, going into school. So what was maybe your favorite subject or your favorite teacher? Yeah, yeah I think science, for sure. Um, yeah, in, in high school, physics hmm. and mathematicians. So, um, but I always uh, like more the exact sciences. So I, I like the human, uh, mm. human sciences as well, but yeah, the exact sciences, um, I was really, uh, motivated to, to learn things and to solve problems. Mm. And I think that this, um, yeah, played a role in my, in my career and, um, where I, I am now. Yeah. Mm. Would you say your favorite subject was dependent on the teacher as well, or what kind of role would you say? Has a teacher played? Yeah, I think the teacher, um, all my teachers played um, an important role uh, in how to stimulate and also motivate uh, regarding uh, the subject. You know that um, <laughs> science and math and, and things like this are not so um, motivated for um, many people. Mm. Uh, but I had, uh, yeah, I had teachers that um, made this uh, content uh, really interesting um, and, you know, proposed different things. And I think this, yeah, this made the difference. Mm -hmm. Have you maybe one teacher in mind, maybe not only in your school term, but university time, would you say, where would you say maybe this one uh, really motivated me? Uh, yes, yes. I had one uh, teacher at uh, university. Mm. You know, the physics course uh, was <laughs> really intense and difficult, uh, but this, uh, you know, this uh, teacher in uh, specifically um, put the things and explained the things in an easy way, you know. Mm. Um, so you watch it, uh, the class and, oh, okay, it's not so difficulty. And, um, sometimes in his, uh, class, uh, all the space, uh, was full because people, people loved this, uh, this professor and, uh, but unfortunately, uh, it's one, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's one or two in your life. That you, you know, that you find this um, amazing people that can help you to understand things that usually it's not so easy to understand. Yeah. Um, how is school structured in Brazil? In Germany, it's like four years primary school and then eight or nine years secondary school. How is it in Brazil? Uh, yes, yeah, so we have until the at least my time until the eighth grade, mm. uh, so eight years. 
Um, and then you start the high school, uh, so more three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can go to the university. Mm-hmm. And it depends on the course. Um, you have different um, times. So uh, my course, I did at the same time I worked. So I work 80 hours per day and went to the university at night. Um, so my course lasts uh, five years in university. But you can find a um, course with four years. And so it depends. Mm-hmm. And if you speak about the whole school system, did you like it? The system of, um, let's say, sitting there, the teacher explaining something to you, or would you <clears throat> choose a different approach nowadays? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I choose a different approach um, and also maybe a different system uh, mm. because, you know, uh, you need, uh, when you at when you are at the end of the high school, uh, you need to make a test mm. uh, to go to the university. And only this test, um, <laughs> it depends on this test to mm. go to the university. It doesn't matter uh, your... Um, you know your record in the all during all the the school time, and this is really unfair, I think. And we don't have um, so much uh, space for everybody in the public university. Mm. Uh, so only uh, people that uh, you know um, did this um, this test very well can go to the public university and the private one is expensive. Um, so we have people that don't go to the university. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course I would change uh, this system um, and, and the course as well. You mentioned, you know, you'll be sitting and uh, uh, your <laughs> teacher explain and uh, this is yeah a bit boring and uh, we know that we can learn from different ways you can uh, learn by yourself um yeah but it's yeah it's a long a long way to to change uh, this system and uh, um the educational world yeah as a whole i agree then after after school now take a look at your university or after that the educational path um What kind of subject did you choose and was the decision easy for you and what kind of direction you want to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <clears throat> um, when I finished uh, high school, I decided to be a physicist. Uh, it was uh, really hard, um, especially because I work at the same time. Um, and in Brazil, unfortunately, um, we don't have many options uh, if you are a physicist. So basically you should to build your career in academia, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, hard and unfair. So uh, poor wages, no recognition, uh, lack of infrastructure. And this uh, scenario uh, makes um, 75-80% of the students migrate and work in another field, um, which uh, observes uh, well, uh, not only physicists, but professionals from STEAM, 
so mathematicians, physicists, engineers, uh, which is the financial market. Mm. Um, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did this transition. Uh, I finished uh, my bachelor's degree in physics and I did my master's in financial engineering and uh, capital marks and derivatives. Hmm. And as you described, so the decision to go more into the financial world was not an easy one because, uh, as I understood, in the first yeah. place you wanted to do something else. What, what would be your dream job uh, path then? Um, I'm passionate about um, astronomy. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I choose um, make the physics course. Yeah, it's much more interesting than financial market. <laughs> 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 yeah, but yeah, it's a challenge. Um, but you know, um, the course uh, teaches you to solve problems. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, we learned how to solve problems. Of course, it's universe-related problems and uh, things like this, but you can apply this uh, knowledge in any field. Mm -hmm. Of course, one of our biggest topics today are cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Ethereum. When you heard you the first time about those, was it already then in Germany or was it back in person? No, back in. So... I started to involve myself in crypto space in 2015 mm. um, when I did my master's uh, in how to implement uh, blockchain technology in the Brazilian stock exchange mm. uh, where I worked at that time. And yeah, and I started to study how this uh, technology could uh, potentially transform the financial market. And the financial services and it was inevitable no bitcoin and <laughs> ethereum uh, so yeah i was fascinated by such um elegant solution yeah. so physics uh, physicists uh, loved this uh, elegant solution um and i convinced my boss at that time that i should make a presentation about the cryptocurrencies <laughs> to our team because it was really important and uh, I work at the uh, product area uh, in the Brazilian Stock Exchange. We were responsible for um, derivatives, contracts and uh, yeah, I wanted that we develop some, you know, some contract related with the Bitcoin, some uh, future of Bitcoin, some options. Um, and as soon as I understood the mechanism and um, the risks, I started to invest. Yeah. Mm, super interesting. What was the, the first exact moment you heard about it? Was it through news, through fans, or maybe through social media? So it was the really first time you heard, oh, there's something out there like Bitcoin. Yeah, so... I think it was during uh, my research uh, mm. regarding the blockchain mm. technologies. So I was really interesting uh, regarding the technology and how can uh, you know the uh, the stock exchange in some process um, in the clearing or in the central depository can use this technology. Um, to avoid, uh, you know, rework and uh, be more efficient. 
and uh, you know the the bitcoin created the technology so <laughs> it was so related okay so then it started with bitcoin um yeah it was uh, during the research uh 2015 so there were not so much in the media and uh, yeah in the social media it's yeah, at that time, it was no, not a trendy, yeah. Uh, yeah, like today. Yeah. Not a hype topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and how, how, what was maybe the result of, of your work there? At the, could, you, could you change something? Have you adopted cryptocurrencies uh, at the stock exchange in some way? Mm -hmm. Yeah, at that time, uh, it was a very... Uh, disruptive idea. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe that. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> no, no, you're crazy. No, no, this is so, no. Um, yeah, and it was a very conservative uh, organization. And, um, but at the same time, I started to, uh, you know, to create uh, educational content about and also uh, make some speeches and uh, be involved with some consultancies uh, regarding mm -hmm. this topic. Um, and I know that, uh, yeah, today, not only the Brazilian stock exchange, but exchanges around the world trying to, you know, to enter in the, the market of digital assets. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, this is a reality nowadays. Um, so after you understood that so now of course there was a moment when you when you came to germany maybe you can help us to understand that journey what was mm -hmm. the reason for that when was it uh, and so on yeah yeah so um i saw every day uh, many you know big companies uh raise money mm -hmm. uh, at the stock exchange uh, through ipos and uh, i was thinking why does this not happen for uh, small companies? You know, like fintechs, mm -hmm. you could use the same structure um, for small companies and fintechs. And I started to involve myself with the alternative finance. So crowdfunding, crowd investing. Um, and I came to Germany uh, because I earned a grant um, from Alexander from Homburg Stiftung. Um, to research uh, both markets, uh, the Brazilian and the German one, uh, regarding alternative finance and how um, small companies, uh, startups mm -hmm. can survive um, and can raise capital uh, through alternative finance. Mm -hmm. So this was my, yeah, my big <laughs> motivation to to come to Germany. And it was two or three years ago? Yeah, it was. Uh, so I arrived here in September 2020. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course, in the, in the, was it already in the Corona? Yes, uh, yes, yeah. yes. During the, yeah, the pandemic. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it wasn't easy. And, and do you like it so far? I think the, the weather is, is much worse in comparison to Brazil or yeah. what would you say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the weather is yeah, it's really different. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I am not so a summer person because, uh, of course, in Brazil, summer, it's really hot. Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, it's, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. 
And if we speak about what you're doing today, how would you summarize it? What are your mm -hmm. professions? Yeah. So I work at the Digital Euro Association, mm -hmm. uh, which is a think tank uh, focused on digital money, uh, the public and the private, so CBDC, stable coins, um, crypto assets, and other kinds of digital mm -hmm. money. And our mission is to contribute with knowledge um, and bring together uh, different agents in the market to discuss digital money related topics. And we just published a white paper uh, regarding privacy and CBDCs, mm -hmm. uh, where we discuss uh, reasons for privacy, degrees of privacy, um, technology and um, regulation. And at the end, we uh, make some recommendations to enhance privacy in CBDC systems. So it's um, an example that work that uh, we are doing at DBIA. And in parallel, I've been involved in other projects uh, like uh, DTEACH, uh, sponsored by the Cardano Foundation, uh, some projects from the Alexander Fahumbo Stiftung, um, Konrad Adenauer Stiftung, um, some consultancies. So mm -hmm. I'm always open to discuss uh, collaborations and partnerships um, regarding, you know, startups, innovation, uh, blockchain, um, investments, alternative finance, crypto. Yeah, so if you're interesting, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's have a cup together. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you speak about DEA, Digital Euro Association, um, of course, you communicate with a lot of banks and maybe companies that understand CBDCs maybe not in the same way you do. Maybe they have a little bit less knowledge. How would you say those communication work? Are they really open-minded to, to CBDCs, stablecoin, and maybe uh, blockchain at home? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, nowadays they are more open. You know, because it's 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 a way with no return, right? Mm. We know that it's a reality. Um, I think some years ago they were more resistant, um, but they can see some benefits, uh, and uh, you know uh, they can be uh, not in the development in the discussions. Because this can, you know, uh, change a lot uh, the market and the economy as mm. well. Um, so I've seen some collaboration and I believe that this is really uh, the way we need to go, right? We need the collaboration from the uh, traditional uh, market, the conservative ones, and of course the innovative ones. This, is, this must be a solution created by all the agents. What do you think will develop in the fastest way? Will it be the central banks who, who may be offering CBDCs or, or, or that kind of stablecoin? Or will it be more like banks directly offering maybe stablecoins? Mm -hmm. Or will it be maybe a startup like, uh, of course, we, we see um, Tether or Circle around. What, what do mm -hmm. you think is the, the best approach or maybe the winning approach in that? 
Um, I think regarding the central bank, um, they will uh, choose uh, a two-tier structure, uh, which means um, they will uh, issue uh, the digital money, but the banks will distribute it. Mm. Um, I think this is um, yeah the, the easier structure, so you can keep uh, the agents in the market, um, and the central bank can uh, you know don't need to observe a lot of. Uh, um, activities that the banks uh, are doing now. So I think this is, uh, this will be the, um, the main structure. But I believe at the future we will have um, the public and the private mm. uh, together. So we will have uh, central banks uh, offering uh, the public uh, digital euro, for example, and uh, private companies also offer but the private uh, mm. digital euro. i think it's completely yeah completely possible uh, to conciliate in the market uh, both uh, services and solutions yeah so from a customer perspective it's the best scenario so that the customer can can choose the yeah. best option mm -hmm. mm, of course uh, if you speak about blockchain at the moment there are three really hot topics DeFi, NFTs, the metaverse. What's maybe your favorites of those three? Yeah, I'd say DeFi <laughs> <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, I think uh, it will be um, really important uh, because I think most of the applications uh, will be built on the DeFi. Um, but I, I'm also interested in NFT, metaverse. I'm not so much into games, <laughs> so I would say DeFi, uh, NFT, and, and metaverse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, if we speak about DeFi, maybe what kind of role are stablecoins playing in DeFi, and why do you like maybe DeFi so much, or what kind of innovation do you see already in DeFi, or would you expect in the next next years in DeFi? Yeah. I think when you think um, any kind of a company, at the end you you have some kind of transaction, right? Some um, financial transaction. Um, that's why I think that DeFi uh, it's really um, present in any kind of uh, business, and we I think that in the future. Uh, it will be a natural thing, like, I don't know, internet, like something mm -hmm. that we use today, the companies use, but we don't need to think about it because it's so into your system, in your process. Um, and I think that DeFi uh, plays uh, this role. Of course, that it took uh, around 10 years uh, from Web1 uh, mm -hmm. to Web2, um, and um, we are in the beginning of the transition to Web3. Uh, yeah, so I think it's, yeah, it's a long way to go. But we need to discuss, right? We need to discuss this, the topics now to avoid the problems that we already have in Web2. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to, 
to foster and have discussions um, to build something that will work at the future. Yeah. Mm. Regarding your uh, experience with stock exchanges, would you say, of course, we already see a few developments in that area, um, but to maybe build a completely decentralized stock exchange, uh, as we know nowadays, of course, we, we have Uniswap, some protocols in that area, DYDX and so on, but maybe that we really compared with, with a centralized stock exchange. Yeah, it's far. <laughs> it's far away. <laughs> Because, you know, um, you need to control your risk. Mm. At the same time, if you're thinking, for example, in a clearing, uh, which is a um, counterparty of each uh, trade that you have inside the stock exchange. So the clearing is the counterparty and um, it's centralized the risk. So you need to ensure that uh, you don't have uh, some, you know, systemic problem, risk systemic problem. Mm -hmm. And this is, uh, it's really hard, you know, it's really hard to build something and it's really hard to put a lot of money in this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, at the beginning, uh, we have people investing in Bitcoin and Ethereum and other uh, cryptocurrencies, and then some funds, start to put more money mm. in this kind of assets so it's you know it's a process and um, but I think it will be a reality in the future mm. let us come back maybe um, to what you're doing besides uh, and yeah that would be I would have one more question to that so if you speak about consultant projects in that area What's your experience with that? Are the players moving into the blockchain space? Have your experience changed maybe from 2015 to, mm -hmm. to nowadays? So <clears throat> what's the, what's maybe the mood or the atmosphere in the, in the banking sector regarding blockchain? Mm -hmm. I think there always been, um, demand for education. So this is, yeah, this is a big demand since the beginning. Mm -hmm. So educational initiatives, uh, like I was involved with, uh, with one that has um, the goal to bring uh, blockchain and the concepts inside of the, the class, you know, in the, in the school and high school. So teacher can, teachers can use uh, the concepts behind blockchain um, with their students, you know, decentralization, um, some um, consensus, mechanisms of consensus, and these concepts, concepts um, with their students. So education, I think it's <laughs> always be a, <laughs> a hot uh, yeah. sport. Uh, but now, um, I'm also seeing uh, companies more interesting in use cases, you know, because at the beginning, no one, um, yeah, no one knows, how, okay, um, but how can I put this? How can I make this? And now it's more uh, that we have a lot of use cases. We can um, see and learn how this technology uh, can work uh, in reality. Um, and I think this um, 
more companies are interested in use the technology um, or some uh, decentralized concepts to be more efficient to to cut costs uh, to avoid the rework and um, this uh, is became more a reality uh, not only in the small companies but also in the traditional ones that mm. want to use this in their favor yeah yeah, yeah. i'm seeing the same as my role as a concern as well mm. you know they're trying to use the technology or they're really starting to think how can i adopt it um i think two or three years ago it was even more about education not mm -hmm. changing a little bit but still we we have to educate a lot of people out there i think yeah. there are more people outside the space than inside the pay space so uh we'll do that for a long time um let's come back maybe to your to, to your life and home uh, what would you say was maybe the biggest obstacle to, to overcome and maybe your greatest success at the same time? Okay. Yeah, I think the biggest um, challenge was the beginning, I think. So um, I am from a poor family. Uh, my mother was a single mother. So I knew uh, that the education uh, was the only path. Mm. Um, if I wanted to change my reality. Um, so I, yeah, I made some sacrifices. I studied a lot uh, to go to a public university. Um, and uh, at the beginning, you don't have so many options. You need to, <laughs> you need to make things, <laughs> you know, you need yeah. to accept uh, um, sometimes the first job and, and these things. And and uh, it become more I, I think easier. Uh, you can make some changes. You can make some um, improvements. But for sure, the the beginning was uh, really hard. You, I work at the same time, so I work it a lot. I studied a lot. I sleep nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this is the. This is, was my path, uh, but uh, with the education, yeah, yeah, I, this was the only path to, to change my reality. And uh, yeah, I'm really grateful to, um, to be in, the, in this path and, uh, and, and arrive at, yeah, right here uh, now. Yeah, as I see it in the end, you achieved your goal. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it, it was a success. Um, if, you, if you look back, what would be maybe an advice for your younger self, maybe for, for, for your private life, maybe for the educational path? Uh, what would you say maybe, okay, now I'm back 16, mm -hmm. 18 years old, that would be the advice for me. Yeah, maybe two things. The first one, don't be afraid to change. So I had many changes in <laughs> my career and I believe that um, each one of them teaches me important things and uh, makes me a more complete professional. And uh, as sooner you start your network, better. So knowledge is not enough. Uh, you need uh, a network, you need good contacts to make this knowledge appear, <laughs> you know, to give you the opportunity to be the right person in the right uh, place. Mm -hmm. So if you are 
you know, an introverted uh, person like me, yeah, I recommend that you start early because your uh, your journey would be much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, regarding those two points, maybe the first question, what would you say, what's maybe a good way to network? So if you really a practical advice, uh, would it be social media, would it be mm-hmm. offline events? How would you start or what would be the advice to start? Yeah. So today it's easier. So you have the social media, you can be connected with um, people that have the same um, interests as you, the same, you know, in the same field, um, have the same goals. So I recommend that you participate in some even virtual events, but uh, also personal events. Um, to be connected with people that has the same goals, the same interests. And so I think this is a really important uh, for your career. Um, and of course, to uh, like to learn, you know, yeah. from uh, different people and, and different uh, perspectives. I think it's um, really nice when you be interesting um, for the person and you can uh, take most of this and uh, of course um, also help uh, people and uh, and grow together so i'd say social media for sure but also uh, be in person <laughs> <laughs> like a natural um, relationship um, and uh, participating some events conferences meetups and uh, yeah and know know people yeah i completely agree and to your first point mm-hmm. how to be maybe adaptive to change what would be maybe a practical advice for that because i think everybody f- from us understand that's maybe important even if uh, we live in Uh, times like that that are so disruptive you know Mm -hmm. always a new technology coming up but what would be maybe the practical advice to be adaptive to to change yeah sometimes um be afraid of you know we have something that it's really nice now and i don't want to lose this Mm -hmm. but you can put in your mind that if you change and this new situation it's not so good you can change again. Hmm. Nothing, nothing. It's forever, you know. You can, you can change, you change, you change. <laughs> and somehow you arrive a place that oh no, now it's better, you hmm. know. Or some change uh, you don't understand at that moment, uh, but at the future you see okay. So this uh, this change was for the best, you know. Now hmm. I'm better. Now I I. Um, understand why this happened um, so nothing is uh, forever uh, you can always change again you know and arrive in a place that oh no now it's now it's good yeah. I, re- I really like this one <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty good advice. Um, now of course we had the beginning of 2023 and what's your outlook for that maybe maybe on your Maybe start, let's start with the blockchain space, cryptocurrency space. At the moment, we are maybe at the special place. We are maybe even still in the beer market. But of course, the prices went up a little bit. So what, what do you expect? 
how will it be maybe different uh, in comparison to 2022? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, this is a normal cycle of the market. So I'm from the traditional market. <laughs> I know that the market, you know, going down, going up, going down, this is um, the normal cycle. But I believe that um, the market and the ecosystem uh, tends to um, to rise, to improve uh, in 2023. Um, as I said, I think many um, traditional companies uh, are put their monies in some blockchain projects, mm -hmm. in some digital asset projects. And uh, when this happens, it tends, you know, to foster the market. Yeah, so I believe that, uh, yeah, this year the market will be a bit better than 2022, yeah. A positive outlook. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for you personally, will there be some changes or if you have that outlook for you? Um, yeah, I think um, there are many uh, opportunities. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, yeah, uh, people are interested in this yeah. topic. So uh, opportunities to develop uh, educational content, but also participating in other uh, consultancies, uh, participating in some uh, conferences and make some speeches. Uh, participate in the panels and know people um, in this field. Uh, I think now the community in the ecosystem, uh, yeah, it's really big compared <laughs> to the beginning. <laughs> you know that you uh, talk, oh, blockchain or oh, what is that? So <laughs> no, everybody knows what is uh, Bitcoin. So it's a really exciting times to know people and discuss and also learn. Um, so I'm optimist uh, regarding 2023. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of our interview, um, we already discussed it in some way, but how can the people reach out to you and maybe what's are the best question to come up with? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find me on LinkedIn, mm. um, Tamara Ferreira Schmidt. Um, yeah, and I'm open for all questions. <laughs> Don't be afraid. <laughs> Don't be afraid. I'm an accessible uh, person, so I like to make contacts and, you know, interesting people. So, yeah, be afraid to reach out to me. Yeah, perfect. So, guys, uh, reach out and uh, ask any kind of question. Thanks a lot for your time. Uh, it was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having me.